When I was a new Christian in 1975, God took me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 to teach me about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does for the believer. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says to us, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Paul is saying in the flesh he did not try to be a great orator. He did not try to bring clever things to entice the audience, the congregation. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I believe that means the crucified Christ is an example of laying down your life to do the will of God, keeping your flesh crucified by the Spirit of God, by following the Spirit of God. Verse 3, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Some preachers look for secular stories that they can tell which will entice the flesh of the congregation. That can be very evil. I visited a little non-denominational church many years ago when I was looking for a church to attend. The pastor was preaching on a Wednesday night from the book of John, John chapter 8, where the woman was taken in adultery. And the pastor said, and when she was brought before Jesus, she was naked from the waist up. I was just shocked. I knew that was not in John chapter 8 or anywhere else in the New Testament Bible. I turned and looked at the congregation. I did not see anyone pick up a Bible to check what the pastor had said. But I did see men throughout the congregation with big smiles on their faces. And I knew they were picturing the woman that he said was naked from the waist up. It happened that a man that has done some concrete work for me in a building project was in that congregation that night. I called him later and talked to him about this. And he asked the pastor, why did you say that? And that pastor said, oh, I don't know. It just came into my mind. Paul talked about men who are disciples of the devil, ministers of Satan. You'll find this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Start at verse 13. Paul says, For such 
are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. I called this pastor the day after the meeting and told him I couldn't find that in John chapter 8. And I asked him where it is in the Bible saying that the woman taken in adultery was brought to Jesus naked from the waist up. And he lied to me. He said, oh, I just can't remember where that is. He knew very well it wasn't in the Bible. I said to him, well, will you please look it up and tell your secretary where it is and ask her to call me and tell me because it's very important to me. He was very silent for just a few seconds. And then he screamed out at me, All right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? Trying to accuse me. This is a minister of Satan, Antichrist, adding to the Bible, causing lust to come into the congregation by his enticing words. Paul said he did not do that. His speech and his preaching, he says, was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. I know a very famous TV minister. She told me this story. Well, she told it to everybody in front of the her whole congregation in a meeting that I was in. She said that her best friend came to her and said, you are the most boring speaker I've ever heard. So she got an acting coach to help her with her presentations to make them more enticing and interesting. And she became very skillful and was told very interesting stories. And the audience was greatly entertained. But it did not have the power of God and wasn't of God. When we speak to an individual or to a congregation, we want to speak by the Holy Spirit of God. What does that mean? That means we don't plan out clever things We depend on God by his spirit to bring to our mind what he wants the congregation or that individual to hear. And we speak that which the Holy Spirit brings to our mind. It could be a scripture. It could be a concept. It could be something that happened to us that God had done in our lives. We speak those words, for those words have the power of God, and they are what God wants you to hear. 
We do that whether we are a minister of Christ speaking to a congregation or whether we are an individual in the body of Christ visiting with another person. If I know that someone's coming to the house to do something and that I'm going to see that person and visit with that person, I'm frequently praying before they come that God not allow me to speak anything except that which he wants spoken. Then I depend on the Holy Spirit to just bring to my mind what he wants spoken. One time I called a member of our little church group, and it happened that her son was going to be coming to her house in about 30 minutes to visit. And she had a list of things she'd made out that she wanted to tell him. And I said, oh, don't do that. Depend on God to bring to your mind what he wants you to say to your son. She told me later that there was not one thing on her list brought to her mind. And she visited with her son and there was no problem and it was very pleasant. It would likely have been very confrontational otherwise because this son was not born again and he had recently separated from his wife. Instead, she chose to go in the way of the Spirit and follow the Spirit, not having bones to pick with her son, not entering into disruptive talks, but just telling what God had said, what he had brought to her mind, trusting God. And that's what we should do. Verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. One time I was visiting my mother, who was not a Christian, All her life, she'd loved horoscopes. And before I was born again, I gave her a set of horoscope mugs to please her. I'd forgotten all about this, but I opened the cabinet in the kitchen, and there were those horoscope mugs. I took a garbage bag and began filling it with the mugs. My mother was watching me, and when she realized what I was about to do, she said, No, what are you doing? I want to keep those. You gave those to me. I didn't say a word. I just kept putting the horoscope mugs in the paper bag. I took it out to the alley, broke the mugs on the dumpster, and threw it in the garbage dumpster. When I went back into the house, she was just sitting there, not saying anything. I didn't say anything. I went into my room and got my Bible and turned to Deuteronomy 18 and read the following passage aloud to her. Starting at verse 9, When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you 
anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. I didn't say a word, and she sat there silently for a minute, thinking about those words. And then she said, Well, I guess we'd better not do this anymore. She was born again with that reading of those scriptures when she agreed with the scripture, and she was changed. I went back to Dallas, where I live, and my uncle wrote me a letter and said, Your mother has changed. She's really changed. And that is what God does, and the Word of God does, when the Spirit of God is in the words we speak. When that is what God wants us to speak. I read that section of scripture to my mother because that was the scripture the Holy Spirit brought to my mind, and it did the work of God, and my mother was born again. And that's following the Spirit of God. You can make up what you think the other person needs to hear to be saved, and it, can, it might do nothing. You might read several scriptures, and they, not, they might not have the power at all to convict them. But when you follow the Spirit of God, it does the work of God. So always follow the Spirit of God, what he brings to your memory. So Paul says in this section of scripture, 1 Corinthians 2, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. This is just so easy to do. Speak that which is brought to your mind by the Holy Spirit. And if nothing is brought to your mind, don't try to speak anything. Verse 9 but it is written, I have not seen or ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. 
The Holy Spirit knows the things of God and reveals them to us. Verse 11, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Speak by the Spirit of God. In 1980, God put me on radio, and I was on radio for the next few years. And at first, I was very popular. The messages that I spoke were about taking thoughts captive, dealing with destructive thoughts, following God by His Spirit. In 1982, God said to me over and over and over, the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. I had no idea what that meant. Two or three days after that, God showed me sins that were being committed by four or five big-time radio and TV ministers. Of course, I knew I had to get the message to these ministers, but I couldn't get past their office staff to get the message to the ministers. So God convinced me to speak those messages on my own radio broadcast, naming the ministers by name. At that time, I was on radio from New York City to Seattle and had several stations in between. So I did. Hate mail poured into our office. Hate mail from the followers of these ministers that God had shown me sin in their ministry. And after I spoke that, the ministers did get the message because their followers carried the message to the ministers. Several stations put me off the air. I was having a meeting in Seattle, Washington for my radio audience and waiting for me outside the meeting room door was the radio station manager who had always been very friendly to me. This time he just looked a little stern. And as I approached him, he said, Joan, you have many wonderful messages. Just speak those messages. Don't speak those judgment messages. Speak those good messages. Through the Holy Spirit, I spoke to George and I said, George, if I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message and I may as well be off the air. See, you have to speak by the Holy Spirit. You have to speak what God wants you to speak. You yield yourself to the Holy Spirit and speak that message. And it does the work of God. One other example. I was visiting with my aunt, who's a Church of Christ member, 
And I heard these words from the Spirit of God. Tell her about being taken into heaven. I certainly did not want to do that. But I knew it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me, so I yielded to the Holy Spirit. He doesn't make us speak the words, but we learn to yield to the Spirit of God. So I said, an artist, I'm going to tell you something. After I was born again, in the night while I was sleeping, I was taken into heaven. And I was with God and with Christ and with the Holy Spirit. I didn't see any images. It was a spiritual experience. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus made one with the Word of God, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. And a few nights later, the exact same thing happened a second time. I noticed when I shared that, that my aunt got a kind of dreamy look on her face. And after I spoke, she said, something like that happened to me once. And it was all golden. She probably never told that story to anybody else. But by following what the Spirit of God told me, it loosed her to speak what God had done in her life. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2 teaches us to speak by the Spirit of God. I kept this section of scripture before me for many weeks and read it probably daily and just rejoiced in it. And God just unfolded it to me, what it meant and what Paul was saying. And God was showing me do the same thing and teach the people to live by the Spirit of God. For if you walk in the Spirit of God, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh says Paul in Galatians 5.22. Also, in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, Paul says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. To walk after the Spirit, you speak that which the Holy Spirit brings to your mind when you are with another person or if you're a minister when you're in front of your congregation. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.